do you boast in evil, almighty man? Welcome back to Hackberry House, a podcast devoted to the Word of God and the persecuted church in North Korea. My name is Bob. This is podcast number 511. It is July 3rd, 2016. Well, the man that's in charge of a nation, whatever nation that might be, only thinks he's in charge. God will bring down evil men one day, as in North Korea. I'm taking you back to Hackberry House, Volume 1, the book that I wrote two years with North Korea. And we're just paging through, and I find some uh, podcasts or some uh, blogs about um, people who are in charge. 1945, uh, George Orwell, the days of Stalin. Orwell was not a believer in Christ, and in fact he thought that Marx and Engels really had something going. His issue was not with communism, but with the way that this new communist theory was being acted out by Lenin, Stalin, and the rest. It was obviously not working according to the original script. Some would argue that the original script came from Christ himself. Equality, peace, brotherhood, you share with me, I share with you, but not at the point of a gun. That was added later. Anyway, Orwell was an honest man who wanted to say something about the Stalinist regime of his day. He said it most effectively in his satirical novel, Animal Farm. There's a film version which I happened to uh, to watch. This is many years ago. My wife and I sat in amazement as scene after scene reminded us not of Stalin, but of the original and present dynastic regimes of North Korea. And actually, this cycle is repeated in many places on the planet. The original corruption that needs addressing the desire to end that corruption and bring justice in its place, the bringing down of a corrupt society, the hero worship, shifting emphasis from the genuine needs of the people to the growing neurotic needs of the leader, the slow replacement of the old corruption with a new and worse corruption. It's all there in North Korea as we speak, and Christians, myself for one, pray, Lord, stop this man, bring him down. Praying believer, does your mind travel beyond his fall? And all leaders and regimes eventually do fall. Uh, To what shall be on the other side of a regime change? We know Jesus shall be king over all the earth. Jesus shall reign where'er the sun doth his successive journeys run. His kingdom stretch from shore to shore till moons shall wax and wane no more. What a glorious day is coming. All those who rejected his rule will themselves be rejected eternally. The world will be put right side up. But what if Jesus' coming is not the next thing on God's calendar? What if the present ruler 
is to be replaced by another merely human leader. I believe we should pray earnestly for that man to be a righteous man, a man whose relationship to God is real and strong. And then, when North Korea turns around, God himself will receive all the glory. We move on to an article I wrote called The Prisons of North Korea. It's what the Bible says, remember the prisoners. I have to keep them before me on, on a regular basis or I forget. American life is brutal in its pursuit of happiness. Pleasure and comfort are the gods we lift up here. Christians must be careful not to get caught up in it all and lose sight of the lowly Christ still suffering in his people. Here is a picture painted by David Hawke in his latest book, Concentrations of Humanity. It's published by Freedom House. The work shows how Kim Jong-il was guilty of crimes against humanity and needs to be brought to justice. Of course, our concern is the pain of our people, many of whom suffer in these prisons, the pain of God's people. He says, the penal labor encampments are located in the mountains and mountain valleys in the remote interior of North and North Central North Korea. They cover huge areas, miles long and wide. The outer perimeters are surrounded by barbed wire and guard towers, except where the mountain ranges are considered impassable. The encampments have multiple thousands of prisoners who are housed in scattered areas or discrete villages for different categories of prisoners in the valleys or at the foot of the mountains. Single prisoners live in dormitories and eat in cafeterias. The families live in tiny shacks, sometimes multiple families to a single dwelling. Prisoners come into the camps in one of two ways. Suspected wrongdoers or wrong thinkers are picked up by officers of the state security agency, detained in small cells and subjected to intense and prolonged interrogation, almost always accompanied by beatings and severe torture, after which they are dispatched to one of the prison labor camps. Initially, at the camp, they express relief being able to supplement their meager rations by eating grass and other edible plants and being able to stand up and walk around. The new prisoners coming straight from North Korean society describe their shock at what they see, walking skeletons covered in dirt with matted hair from the inability to bathe or wash regularly. Dressed in tatters and rags, many with hunched backs from bent-over farm labor, many hobbling about on stick crutches, having lost arms and legs to mining or logging accidents, or minus fingers or toes lost to frostbite. It will be only a matter of months before all the food stores the new prisoners have brought from home are consumed, and all the clothing and household goods have been bartered away for food until all they have left from their previous civilian life are the clothes on their back and the shoes on their feet. And these would shortly be dirt-covered 
tattered and torn. These prisoners put considerable mental anguish into trying to figure out what precisely caused their family this dreadful turn of fate. End of quote. God have mercy on your people. Those who don't know you yet, save and rescue body, soul, and spirit. Bring great deliverance in, in North Korea. Help us not to forget and to share some of this mental anguish with them. Right after that, I wrote one called Roaring Mice, Naked Kings, and the Danegeld. Once one is tuned into the North Korea crisis, there's no end to the connections that begin to form, the reminders, the warnings, the obvious comparisons. Take the 60s movie, The Mouse That Roared. It was an awful movie. But the storyline, based on the original book, sounds very much like someone we know. The head of a minuscule government decides to wage war on the United States, deliberately lose, and then sit back and collect all the goodies that the great, forgiving U.S. government always doles out to its enemies, Japan, for example. Or what about Hans Christian Andersen's classic, The Emperor's New Clothes? A proud king refuses to hear obvious truths from his advisors or people and makes an absolute fool of himself. But in the light of current talk about yet another coming meeting of the great powers, where promises will be made and threats will be submitted and aid will be extorted from nations who fear North Korea's weapons, the following Kipling poem is the most appropriate piece for the day. Kipling wrote, It's always a temptation to a rich and lazy nation to puff and look important and to say, Though we know we should defeat you, we have not the time to meet you, and we will therefore pay you cash. To go away. That's called paying the Dane Geld. But we've proved it again and again that if once you have paid him the Dane Geld, you never get rid of the Dane. So when you are requested to pay up or be molested, you'll find it better policy to say, We never pay anyone Dane Geld, no matter how trifling the cost. For the end of that game is oppression and shame, and the nation that plays it is lost. Rudyard Kipling. Uh, Danegeld was the English tax that was paid to the Danish-led Vikings to keep them from raiding English lands. And then finally today, the song of General Kim Il-sung. For those who might not know, that's the man who is the father of the present leader, or the grandfather of the present leader of North Korea. There was a time when North Koreans sang the praises of one who is worthy. The good news is that although they sing the following song to one who is unworthy, at least these are a people who will praise. Our job is to pray and work for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to once more be lifted up 
in old Choson. Kim Il-sung was the father of the present leader, the grandfather of the present leader of North Korea. He was trained by Russia. He was propped up by Russia and China and set up unwittingly by our own government. He stole the heart and soul of the Korean people living in the northern part of the peninsula. Yet, brainwashed and afraid, today they sing this immortal revolutionary hymn to him. Starting with that three-word description, immortal revolutionary hymn, see how many words you can find in the following that are lifted directly from Christian thought. The song of General Kim Il-sung. Listen to this. Bright traces of blood on the crags of Changbak still gleam. Still the Amnak carries along signs of blood in its stream. Still do those hallowed traces shine resplendently over Korea, ever flourishing and free. So dear to all our hearts is our general's glorious name, our own beloved Kim Il-sung of undying fame. Tell, blizzards that rage in the wild Manchurian plains, tell, you nights in forest deep where the silence reigns, who is the partisan whose deeds are unsurpassed? Who is the patriot whose fame shall ever last? He severed the chains of the masses, brought them liberty, the son of Korea today, democratic and free, for the twenty points united we stand fast over our fair homeland. Spring has come at last. That was a little poem that became a song. It was written by word uh, by Ri Chan. The words were by Ri Chan. Can you believe it? The word flourishing, free, democratic, spring. You read any news or commentary on North Korea, the truth is so obvious. So how does this message flourish? It's easy. You close the doors and windows. You unplug the computers and the TVs. You hush the newspapers. Don't let anyone know what the world is really like outside of our little paradise. You foster hate for all nations except North Korea. Even people of the same skin and language a few miles down the road, they're all evil. They all lie. Only I, Kim Il-sung, tell you the truth. Even when they come to help us, it's for hidden reasons. Actually, we don't even need their help. Oh, my. Please pray for North Korea's true liberation today. Would you do that? I think you'll be blessed if you do. Well, there's a long series on in my website on North Korea. And North Korea updates um, two or three times a week on the photo section. Just click on photos and click on the first couple of albums in particular. Scores and scores of picture updates on North Korea. Stay in touch so you'll know how to pray on a regular basis. Tomorrow, uh, I think we will take the day, July 4th, for some... Pressing business is not holiday celebration, 
but there is some work that needs to be done around the family and house, and uh, I ask that you would uh, release me for one day. Tuesday we'll come back with um, Samuel and the Witch of Endor. We'll talk about it Tuesday, taking a day off tomorrow. God bless you today. We started with Psalm 52, verse 1. Why do you boast in evil, O mighty man? Whether it's Kim Jong-il or his son or his father or any of these folks, any leaders throughout the world that think they are God's answer to good things on the earth, they're all wrong. They'll all perish. Jesus shall reign. Where'er the sun doth his successive journeys run, his kingdom stretch from shore to shore till moon shall wax and wax.